And welcome to the third week of the quarantined combat hour, coast to coast style. I'm your host, Matt Hawkins. Uh, and as always, I'm joined by Ed Carbajal uh, from his home base in New Jersey. Ed, uh, <laughs> how's quarantine treating you on the East Coast? I mean, you know, I, I think I said this last week. For me, it's not so bad because the only thing I'm missing is jujitsu and, and obviously live combat sports but uh other than that it's pretty much uh the same for me i mean i i i don't uh i don't do much but go to bars and to watch fights or watch them from home and everything else is kind of the same i'm i'm not a panic buyer or any of those stupid things so uh, it's all right you can get your euros yeah i didn't get them today actually probably after this i gotta go uh i gotta go mail a letter <laughs> that's my that'll be the highlight of my day <laughs> Mailing a letter and uh and uh yeah, getting my gyros. Nice. Gyros or whatever, however you say it. <laughs> well, uh you know, there hasn't been a ton of action to speak of, uh, as you talk about the lack of live uh sporting events, but yeah. uh, one person uh who really didn't surprise us by not being able to maintain the uh quarantine uh was Mr. John Bones Jones. Um whether there's a quarantine or not, that guy seems to manage to uh, get alcohol fueled and uh, get into his uh, get into his car and head around town. Uh, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what to say at this point yeah. anymore. I, I think we've all made jokes. We've all, uh, you know, thought we felt sorry for the guy, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what your opinion on the situation is. It just seems like it's uh, it's becoming a uh, revolving door at this point. You know, I, I saw it when it happened. You know, I I, uh, I get the news alerts and stuff, so I shared the Albuquerque article that everybody saw, cited. You know, obviously the, the big MMA sites like Junkie and Fighting went and reached out to law enforcement and stuff like that. But I was just like, I said, here, I just tweeted out the original article that first reported it, the KOAT. I don't know the, what the acronym stands for out there in Albuquerque, but I was just like, here's your news for the day because that's what everybody literally jumped on. Then the dash cam footage, and it's like, you know, everyone's so thirsty for clicks and news because nothing's going on. That was like, that happened, what, Friday, Thursday or Friday? I don't even remember. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. But, yeah, but I, yeah I was like, you know what, y'all can have that. I, I'm, I'm, over, I'm over him and his stupid decisions. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing for him. I, I almost feel, I, I, I kind of side with, uh, like Daniel Cormier said on, and, uh, when he did his thing with Helwani over there at ESPN. He was just like, you know, I just feel bad for him. Like, I'm not going to kick a guy when he's down, and I'm not either. I mean, we're all, we all handle what's going on, you know, in different ways. I like to keep busy. You're actually, you know, you folks don't know, but you still got some place to be every day. You're you're an essential worker. Uh, but it's like, you know, I, I honestly, I, I was just like, it is what it is, man. I'd rather, I'd rather look ahead instead of looking at. Uh, yeah, uh, how he handled uh, whatever's going on. I don't mind being home. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we're not going to uh, dig too much into it. Uh, everybody knows the reality of the situation, and, and um, fans of the sport certainly know his past. But if we're going to look ahead a little bit, what do you? Uh, what? Where do you see the light heavyweight division going at this point? Um, do you? Do you think we're going to see repercussions uh, 
from Jones, whether uh, let's assume he doesn't go to jail. Yeah. I'm seeing reports now saying that that's possible. Um, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world for him at this point. Uh, maybe a little bit of a reality check. I mean, I don't think we need to lock him up for, for six months or anything, but uh, yeah. 30 days in jail might not be the, the worst thing um, that could possibly set him straight a little bit. Uh, but where, where do you see the light heavyweight division going? What do you think they're going to do with, with the belt? Uh, does he keep it? Does it, uh, become vacant uh what, what's your opinion i mean we're at a point that with everything i mean and i know we're going to get into that toward later but with the with the state of the sports right now i mean i get i mean stripping him would be like uh it's not something that's going to matter i mean uh, how many times has he not had the belt re- removed from his waist only to get it back as soon as he's able to come back but um as far as the division is concerned i mean it, i i think it would be wise to let him know that, uh, you know, with his history and his actions to kind of, uh, I mean, the UFC won't do tournaments or anything like that, but put the top contenders to fight for uh, the actual title, not not another interim. We had enough of those in 2018 and 2019. And um, just kind of like show like they've, they've definitely done it before. They did it with McGregor and shown that they don't need, you know, you don't need your stars once they get their heads full. You can move on without them. And um, I feel like that's probably what they should do uh, as far as depending on what obviously they're going to say, they're all going to say the same thing. You know, we're, we have to see what the courts and the laws and then we'll, we'll probably uh, react off of that. But if, if they throw the book at him, then they need the, the UFC needs to follow suit and have the other light heavyweights fight amongst themselves to get them strapped. Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree with pretty much what you just said. I, I, I think that they do need to, the, to, there has to be some kind of punishment for him. Uh, I don't think this is something whether the law decides to back away or not. Um, he's a representative of the UFC. He's a representative of the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that they need to uh, – I, I just think it will be a good move uh, on the UFC's part to at least show that you, you're taking this seriously. Um, you, again, Jones probably gets his belt back. I see this as a perfect opportunity to take the kind of take the belt away. Um Get Blankovic, uh, Reyes, um, and uh, Santos, those guys, some kind mm-hmm. of uh, round-robin tournament for the belt. And then uh, this is a good opportunity for me. What you, you put Jones on suspension, allow him to bulk up a little bit, and tell him you want him to, to make a run at some of the heavyweight fights. Um, just steer clear of the belt for a few fights. Uh, I mean, the way the, the pace right now, we're not going to see any fights likely uh, for a couple months no. um, at, the, at the minimum. Um, so let's say Jones maybe fights once, let's say they give him a six month suspension. He's clear to go come, uh, you know, end of the year. Uh, he fights a heavyweight fight, uh, fights another heavyweight fight six months later, maybe fights for the heavyweight title at the end of next year. All of a sudden you've, you've kind of pushed everything in the past. You, you, he's not so much in the spotlight because he's not a champion. Um, and you've just kind of, but you got to do something like that. I, I just don't think you can just act like this is, is no big deal. Um, you know, he's got another one, a DUI on his book on the books already from what, about 10 years ago. And then I think he essentially dodged a, a, what would have been a third one um, when, when he ran away from the car. Um, so, I mean, three DUIs, you're pretty much going to, to jail. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a serious thing. You're never seeing a driver's license again for the rest of your life. Um, in, in a lot of states. Um, so I don't know, but I, I yeah, I, I think it's just time to kind of move on. Um, right now is the quiet time for the UFC. They can kind of do it 
and it not be, I mean, I guess it'll be headline news because there really isn't any other sporting news, but uh, it won't be something that fans can uh, really, uh, uh, you know, simmer on um, constantly as, as you know, when normally we have events every weekend yeah. and people are talking and, and people's faces are in the spotlight. But um, yeah, so that that's the Jones news. Um, you know, we, we did get a, a little bit of combat this, uh, this weekend. Um, at least some of the submission grappling con c- combat in, uh, submission underground, uh, Chael Sonnen's event that he normally runs, uh, at a Portland, Oregon. Uh, what this one was in some kind of like, uh, corn silo or something like that. Yeah. He kind of get, I mean, everything he was keeping under wraps, he, he, uh, he kind of let out during the broadcast. So if you, if you're a fight pass subscriber, and uh, you want to get some fresh comp, com, uh, combat content in your eyes uh, or cross your eyes over some technique and stuff like that. Uh, during the broadcast, he did the commentary and everything all by himself. <laughs> um, had everyone separated, which was crazy outside of the grapplers, obviously. But, um, I mean, it's weird watching something like that without a crowd, though. I have to say, like, at MMA, I don't mind so much because you, you can hear corners and there's people yelling and, all the, the the footwork and stuff, the cage making noise. Uh, I mean, but uh, it was funny because uh, Jake Smith, who's been on this podcast, I actually got to talk to him before, uh, like days before that event, because he was, you know, a lot of guys that from that area were tapped last minute to come on the card. Obviously, with all the travel restrictions, um, Sonnen had to uh, he he had to you know pull one out of his ass, so to speak. And he did, man. So I, I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna do an event, then then you have to expect uh, a lot of changes in a card and abide by all the the rules and regs that are going on. And, and I mean, if if there's a blueprint print laid out for a way someone could try to move forward, I mean, he did he did it. He did a small card. If you look, there was uh, cameras and. So stuff set up all over the place to change angles. He was separate. Uh, everyone else was separated. Um, you know, so he wasn't really violating anything. I, was, I mean, there was three people within in the in that cage. Uh, you know, I think ten is the most states are doing ten ten people limits. So not for nothing. I mean, he pulled it off. So he definitely deserves some credit for that. Uh, I was uh, I for one was uh, happy to get something outside of Netflix and. Amazon Prime Video and and you know what I mean uh, and pro wrestling obviously is the only other fresh content that we're getting. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of new pro wrestling fans in the in the days to come. But uh, you said you saw it too. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean it was it was I, I, nice to see some competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really think that it would. I'd have that feeling, um, but when when it came on, it was like, oh, okay, you know, I can. I kind of get into it. Plus, it was kind of cool because there was uh, there was some names that were, were you know I'm familiar with mm-hmm. um, just from the show alone. Uh, you mentioned uh, Jake Smith, but uh, Chris uh, Lencioni also yeah. picked up a, a win. Um, I wasn't aware he was on the card, so that was cool to see. Um, I think he was like two or three days notice, and and like day or two after Jake, he got called. Yeah, I mean, and it sounded like uh, you know. It, it's funny you mentioned pro wrestling because that's kind of how it felt to me. It almost felt like I was watching like an old pro wrestling show where you had like the, the announcer in like a, you know, it's pre-recorded almost. This was live, but oh, yeah, it almost okay. had like that pre-recorded, you know, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, uh, Gene, uh, Mean Gene or something. Yeah. From from the you know talking about something and, and it going back and forth, and then them showing you know they showed Shale kind of in his own little booth with his with his bad guy, uh, you know, <laughs> light in the back, and yeah, uh, you know. You're a big Chael Sonnen fan. I I I kind of hit or miss with the guy. Uh, so I, I mean, the the commentary I found interesting. I, I found it, there were some fights he kind of just uh, he kind of just bullshitted his way <laughs> through entire matches, talking about stuff that didn't have anything to do with the oh, yeah. match. <laughs> it was almost like half his podcast and half half commentary. You know, like if if there was too many stalling positions. He started going into these stories about, you know, uh, and, and people texting him and stuff uh-huh. like that. I found it humorous. It was funny to me. So, again, man, it, it was something fresh. And, uh, like, I mean, yeah, sure, I, I, I'll admit, I'm the first one to admit I'm a fan um, of of uh, his hustle and everything he does. So, um, but, yeah, it, it was still it was still some fresh combat sports. It gave me a reason to, to tune into something. And, you know, obviously I got to interview uh, uh, one of the competitors, and Jake Smith, who won his match, um, and so did Lencioni, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was it was nice. Yeah, no, and and I I I appreciated what uh, what Chael did. I there's no uh, you know it, it, I just I thought it was it was some of like you said it was funny. I got a chuckle out of some of the stuff. Um, and he's not a play by play guy, so he was putting himself kind of in a situation that wasn't exactly his. Uh, you know, his, his strongest suit. And, and I got to appreciate that too. Trying to, mm-hmm. he didn't know how long the event was going to go. Those, a lot of those matches ended quickly. Otherwise he could have been, uh, <laughs> he could have been talking for, yeah. Know, wasn't he telling some Abu Dhabi? <laughs> he was telling some story. And yeah. Got he was talking about, yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah. It was, I forget it was, what match it was, but it was a quick submission. <laughs> he was like, Oh my God, I was in the middle of my Abu Dhabi. Oh, story. he was talking. It was, uh, it was Chris Weidman and, uh, somebody guillotine choked Chris Weidman in nine seconds. Uh, I don't know why I can't think of who it was. Was it Craig Jones? I mean, he, he, he no, no, to- no. You're talking about the uh, Chris Weidman wasn't wasn't competing. He was. I, th- I thought you were telling. He said he was telling the Chris Weidman story. I forget what match it was. It was one. Of, I think it was. It might have been the last, or it might have been the co-main event match. Uh, oh, there was one where the guy got guillotined like in right away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, one of the stories he was telling, he was talking about. Uh, Chris Weidman getting submitted, mm. I think in Abu Dhabi or a. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and I and I, I can't remember who it might have been against Craig Jones. But um, uh, yeah, it was so fast. He was like, I was in the middle of my story, and <laughs> no, I, that was funny. But I mean, that yeah, you know what? I mean, that that's what you do when you when you hustle, man. You you, you try to make it work. I mean, look at us with this thing. I mean, we, we we've we've been pulling it out of our ass since since for the last two years <laughs> <laughs> no no that's what i'm saying so and yeah. i appreciate it like i said i i was it was nice to see some uh some matches i wish some of them had been a little bit more competitive yeah. uh, uh with that said uh, craig jones won the main event uh did his thing against kevin kelly or sorry kevin casey yeah. former uh bellator ufc competitor uh craig jones leg lock uh i don't think that was any surprise no. uh i think you even predicted it if i remember right on twitter uh <laughs> yeah you know, leg lock in about 45 seconds which probably would have paid you about three cents on a on a hundred dollar vet bet yeah. uh in vegas but um you know as a, as a jiu-jitsu guy and a, and a you know high-ranking dude yourself how do you uh 
what's your opinion of Craig Jones? I mean, we've you know over since I've gotten into this, I've seen the the Gordon Ryan's and the Gary Tonnins, yeah, and, and those were the kind of the guys who got me over the last you know four or five years really mm-hmm. going. And I thought those guys were basically unbeatable. Now I'm seeing Craig Jones, who um, was was up and coming when I when I started doing it, um, but uh, he seems to have taken over at this point. Is it? Uh, what is it? Is it is it, is it just that good, or is he, are we just seeing him matched up with a lot of uh, guys who really shouldn't be in there with him? No, I, I think it's more of uh, you know when you look at martial arts, and we a lot of the guys probably discussed this before and after training, and 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 you know it's one of the most evolving martial arts out there as far as like you know you know as 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 someone I did karate for eleven years, I did Ishinru karate for eleven years. And if someone goes and joins an Ishinru Karate School now, they're going to go learn the same moves that I learned. You know what I mean? Like, there's not going to be much new. My instructor made some modifications to some things because he came from wrestling. That's kind of how I got the grappling bug. But uh, outside of that, I mean, to to get into grappling, but um, I think uh, if you watch, actually, what's really telling is the last submission underground event where... um, you had guys like uh, that got like Gilbert Burns, I think, went against uh, Craig Jones in that one. And no, no, he went against someone else. But from these guys that are that come from this this leg locking system type of background, it's 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 another it's one of these other evolutions. I mean, put it like that. When I started around the time when I started jujitsu and that time from white to blue belt. If you if you went for triangles, flying triangles and omoplatas, those were considered the fancy moves, you know. <laughs> and then you know uh, you could only they weren't even showing leg locks unless you were you know purple belt or, or higher. That's the old school mentality from or at least through the way that I came up. Um, I know there's other guys out there that are that are like that, but like now you know with youtube and you know people stealing techniques off you know that can that can adapt it to their own game online i think guys are just getting better and so everyone's just uh evolving faster into the more sporting aspects of jujitsu um so that's what we're seeing so the reason i mentioned the last one was because uh both uh, gabriel gonzaga and gilbert burns because gilbert burns got submitted and gabriel gonzaga also got submitted forget who their opponents were but they were Burn, from the burns, burns did compete against craig jones it was in, in that's December. What it was. yeah so so that's the one i'm talking about and and they both kind of made the similar co- comment which was i'm not uh i'm not used to this style of jujitsu competition and i think that's why we're seeing it to answer your question that's what we're seeing you know so Craig Jones is, you know, Craig Jones, Gordon Ryan, all these guys that eventually, I mean, uh, uh, they're going to, uh, they're going to, they're going to get, uh, everybody has uh, uh, someone better out there, you know, waiting for them to, to tap him with whatever the new thing in jujitsu. Sometimes what's new is old, you know, like they're, 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 maybe wrist locks will come back and, and be the new hot moves to go for. You know what I mean? Was but, there, uh, wasn't there a point, wasn't there a point where leg locks were looked at as kind of a cheap move? I mean, I feel like that there was a time, and not not so much in MMA because they were few and far between. But yeah. I feel like uh, no, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. You know, so so what you're saying is basically kind of guys like Craig Jones, Gordon Ryan's are guys that are developed for the submission grappling world. Their jujitsu is to, you know tuned into to the rule sets that 
you know, are allowed here because you can't reap the knees and stuff in, in, in a lot of jujitsu competitions. And IBJJF right? stuff, they don't want you reaping the knee. But um, but the, that that's why I mean. So the the thing is, is like okay. I mean, I I don't know. And this is uh, I think I think Ray, when he was on the podcast, we kind of touched on it last time. But there's guys out there that are just like I'll, I'll I'll tell you a story from one of my training partners. Actually, uh, he was a blue belt at the time. He just got his purple belt this past December, and he went uh, to some school and uh, here in, in uh, one of the Carolinas south of us. And he he trained with the instructor who was a who was a brown belt, and uh, but he's a leg lock guy, the the, the guy the, my training partner. He's a leg lock guy, so he actually topped a he kept tapping this higher ranking person, and um, you know, he was like, uh, oh, you know, we don't really do that, you know, and he was like, oh, okay, well, but it is and it is it's part of jujitsu. If you go back and look at a lot of Dean Lister stuff, Dean Lister was leg lock guy. He's one of the best, greatest jujitsu guys out there. From uh, that competed from my time anyway, because the generations and stuff evolve or whatever. So, uh, and the guy even said, uh, you know what, the the instructor that he rolled with, because he was just paid a mat fee, he wanted to keep moving while he was on vacation. Uh, no, he traveled for something for his daughter for school or whatever. But he kept he tapped the guy and the and the and he as they were sitting there after training, he was like, you know what, that's my fault though, for not not learning that part of the game. Um, we had Simon. Simon Tang on this podcast, um, he's like the leg lock guy at my school. And even though I'm, I got my black belt three, four years before him, um, he, he does know a lot of leg lock stuff. And he's gotten me with leg locks. So what I did so that I, I don't make the same mistake that that guy down south did, every, well, up until everything happened anyway, um, I changed my, my, modified my schedule. I know I told you. So now Simon teaches a class every night on Thursday nights and it, it focuses on that aspect of the game. So I, I if you're not going to keep up with it and you're going to let your ego or whatever, you know, it's not so much ego though. Some people just, you know, I don't, I don't ever plan to be a leg lock master, but I want to know what they feel like. So I know not to get stuck in them, you know, and enforce the way that I do jujitsu on, on the guys that I roll with. So if you're not, if you're not being uh, wise to it, I think people just aren't getting wise to it. it it's, it came up kind of quick and there's a lot of guys that are really good at it. So once folks catch up to them or at least catch up to the defenses, Vinny Magalish is one of the guys that seem to have caught up to the defenses. Um, that's a match I know that they want to make at Submission Underground. So, you know, I think it's just everybody needs to start catching up with each other. That's all. Yeah, no, I, and, and it'll be interesting to see when that happens. Um, like you said, everything just evolves and and you go through waves. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jones Megalish is definitely an interesting fight because Megalish is a is a big he's big too. This is yeah. uh, he's gonna have some yeah. he'll have some size on Jones. So um, not that that necessarily matters so much with leg locks, but uh, I suppose when you start balancing your weight and putting pressure on defenses and stuff, it, it's, it's yeah yeah. I mean, there's I mean, I could I could go on and on about it, but there's stuff that he did when he went. I think he went against Gordon Ryan and 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 won on points in a, or advantage points. I, I forget what what where they competed, but uh, that's the reason why his name caught, pops up and, and his name popped up for submission underground. Cause uh, one of the things he did was uh, a lot of guys try to, they play footsies with it's I, I say that it's like when someone goes for a leg lock, the, the guy getting attacked goes also goes for a leg lock. And I'll, from my experience, I've learned it's better to, to get out of, don't try to counter the leg lock, get out of it. And, and st- instead of pulling away, start backing into it because the guy wants to stretch your limb away to do the submission. 
So, you know, and Magalish was the first one that put that out there. And uh, again, shout out to Simon Tang, who's uh, been on this podcast. He's the one that taking his class started opening up my eyes to the counters and, you know, keeping pressure and, and getting close to the guy, not giving him the space to extend and stuff. So, um, but that's, that's like I said, that, that I could go on forever on, on that. Well, so we had this event. Uh, we were, and this might be the last one we see for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I was alerted yesterday uh, via your tweet and uh, my Ticketmaster account that uh, Bellator had canceled uh, its May events. Yeah. Uh, sadly, I had tickets for two of them. Uh, I would have saw Musasi Lima and Bader Nemkov. Uh, so, I mean, I, it doesn't surprise me. I think, uh, I think especially the May 9th event, uh, I, I didn't see happening. Um, they pulled the card or they pulled it for the whole month of May. So even the May 29th uh, Temecula event um, got thrown in with that. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with rescheduling. Uh, you know, it is what it is. I don't think anybody's really surprised by it. I think yeah. the biggest uh, surprise when it comes to MMA cancellations and the lack of events right now seems to be the UFC or particularly Dana White's yeah. hard-headedness on the situation and his, uh, I don't know. We'll see if it's just all uh, wolf tickets or, or, you know, what, when it's all said and done, I, I, he keeps, he continues to say that UFC 249 will continue. Uh, Habib Nurmagomedov is apparently in Russia, uh, unable to basically do the travel ban. Now he's not able to travel freely around the world. Yeah. Um, they're talking about Gagey coming stepping in. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just it it just seems so unnecessary at this point. I feel like we're kind of numb to the fact that we just don't have events right now. I think we've kind of accepted it. Uh, none of us like it, but yeah. uh, I, I feel I, it almost feels dirty to me at this point. Even really trying to worry about throwing together some last second card in an empty arena or in a, in a grain silo or, or in, <laughs> you know, going to Zimbabwe or something. I mean, I just don't, I, I don't know. Uh, it seems like it's, a, there's a lot of uh, unnecessary. Uh, now that's from our perspective. It seems unnecessary. I think behind the scenes, there's some stuff going on with Endeavor and Zufa and, and their whole setup where they're desperate for money, uh, mm-hmm. some kind of income to come in. Uh, but, I don't know. I don't know what your opinion is, but I just don't see it as, as something we necessarily need to see in the next, you know, two and a half weeks. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting that those, those communications came out yesterday. Um, it was, it, and it was, you know, it's a lot of people. It, it's, it's uh Bellator within 24 hours, both Bellator and the, and the Pro- professional fighters league uh, both put out their uh, uh, messages through their PR folk that, uh, you know, Pro Fight League, their their season usually doesn't start till May June, anyway. So they have some time before they they have to say they're postponing or canceling anything. But um, you know, obviously Bellator announced it's. I, I just wrote an article over at MMAnews.com, you know, where uh, Scott Coker kind of he did an interview interview with the folks at the Zone, and he took folks through the week and the and the decision of what made him postpone two forty one. And obviously now they're postponing more events, so we don't have to guess the reasoning why he cares about everybody's the fighter safety, the travel logistics, and and one of the things he said was like you know the money you know we we there's money to be made in the future we can't make it right now so there's no sense in risking other people's I mean the, these 
I'm I'm summarizing. This is not these aren't this is not a direct quote, but my I just don't understand if 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 they need to make money. I mean, aren't they already like a a, a billion dollar business or whatever? Like they're already in the, you're already making millions of dollars. You can't wait two months and and just see what happens and 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 then try. Like I don't understand. I think it's almost like I want to be I want to be the only guy still doing stuff, and I I want to be right. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe Dana White's going crazy at home because he's never been, you know, he's always with all the events the UFC puts on. This is the first time he, this is probably the longest he's been in his own house. Um, I mean, it's not that bad being home, but I mean, geez, like, uh, it, there comes to a point, like you said, I mean, we just talked about submission underground 12 and, and I, I'm giving Chael shout outs for putting on the event, but you know, there, there was a part of me that's, that's like, man, should I really be, you know, excited about this? I mean, you know, we should we should listen and adhere. When he cleaned it up a little, you know, and talk or, or explained himself on on the on his on his event, I was like, okay, that at least I'm 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 glad he did everything right to do this. So if if there's a blueprint to follow, then do that. But don't don't make it to the point that that like I mean, it's like oh we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it, and then you're just gonna have like two guys fighting in the basement of Dana White's mansion. You know what I mean? Like like you can wait. Like well, why not wait? Well, how much money are you hemorrhaging that you can't wait? You know what I mean? You guys don't have millions already. I mean, well, I mean, I, I they had their situation where they paid their uh, their dividends out. Mm-hmm. So a couple weeks prior to this, uh, it was reported that they they gave payments of about three hundred million dollars. Uh-huh. To investors, um, I mean, I don't know. I know Endeavor. I don't know the whole. I don't know the whole business model. I know that they're involved in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but the UFC itself. Uh, I mean, Bellator is owned by Viacom. Um, they have other stuff going on mm-hmm. that's directly related, somewhat to Bellator, as far as their their pay. I don't. The UFC is just not bringing any money right now. I don't know. They have a huge roster. I don't know what their uh, you know, I, I here here's my thing is Chael, Chael put it on his event. He was able to pull it off because, like you said, there's no corner men. There's no – there doesn't have to necessarily be in a doctor 10 feet away. There doesn't necessarily have to be judges 10 feet away. There doesn't necessarily have to be uh, – you know, there, they didn't have the, the play-by-play. They didn't have that. In MMA, it's totally different. In MMA, you got to have corner men. you got to have cut men. you got to have doctors. you got to have judges. Yeah. You got to have commission. You got to have more than one referee. You can't Chael use one referee. You can't do that in MMA with with mm-hmm. gambling. Um, I think it's requirement basically. They have multiple referees um, in order to try to keep from collusion and and stuff like that. Um, now I I say that that's what a commission uh, that's regulating it would be. I'm getting the impression that like Dana White's kind of flirting the idea of just kind of trying to pull this off almost without regulation, like we're, we're like we're, you know, 1996 Dotham, Alabama or something in a, in a tent. Um, I mean, I don't know where he's going to find a state that's going to go. Yeah, it's cool. Let's just put 50 people in a room, you know, let's, let's broadcast a pay-per-view from here. And, you know, I don't, I just don't see how that's going to happen or it's going to be in some, you know, third world country basically that's going to allow it to happen just because it's the UFC that wants to happen. So, you know, I don't know. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know if it's worth it even to to try that hard to do it. it I mean, it, it, I almost. I it makes me think. I mean, going back to 
to martial arts and jujitsu, especially, you know, one of the, th- one of the humbling aspects of the martial art is like, you learn that like, you're not going to beat everybody. Sometimes you, you have to know. I mean, it's one of the things they tell you when you get there, like, don't, don't let your arm break. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to know when to tap out. And this is a situation that you, the Dana White needs to maybe just sit down and say, listen, maybe I got to tap out and wait this thing out with everybody else. I mean, I mean, you, if, if the world, we return to there's there's going to be people that want to see sports and money you can make the money you can make the money later you know what i mean everyone's losing money right now so it's like come on man i mean it's it's sometimes you just got to say maybe it's time to stop but uh i don't know i i feel like there, there's part of it is he's got something up his sleeve and part of it is i i don't i don't see anything it's hard for me to see something like that he's trying to do something out any that's outside of just proving himself right it's just hard for me to see that and i know you know he he i'm not trying to you know he's calling media people soft and all that stuff but it's just like you know the numbers are out there every day speaking for what's going on out there maybe it's time to just sit back and and do what everyone else is doing and, and waiting it out you know well especially when the news hits now maybe this is all just hype to try to sell more pay-per-views and all mm. of a sudden we're going to get some kind of new, you know, tomorrow's April fool's day. Uh, maybe all of a sudden we're going to get some kind of twist on April fool's where all of a sudden they're going to go, Hey, <laughs> we called April fool's three days early. Khabib's in, you know, sitting at a, in San Jose, you know, but nice. <laughs> if, if, if it was Ferguson and Khabib, which is the fight that has already been canceled four times is yeah. a fight that is probably the number one fight in all of MMA across the entire world that, people want to see if that's the fight going down maybe we try to we pull some strings we put together like a five fight card and we we figure out something we can do if that fights out the door mm-hmm. then let's just scrap it what yeah. what what are we going to do we're going to risk you know uh, they're probably not going to ever rebook it again if yeah unless we unless they continue this you're going to let uh, you're going to put ferguson in there with gagey even if he wins gagey's going to put a hurting on him there's going to be some injuries involved yeah there's going to be some brain cells lost there's going to be a couple steps taken back on these guys yeah. career you know lifeline basically yeah. i mean yeah. all of a sudden you're going to be you're going to be a couple you know a step slower and i just feel like you know the problem with Khabib is he's got Ramadan, so that puts us like into September before we could even. So do it in the garden when when everything's. You know what I mean? Hey, like... that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I you know I uh, if yeah. But I let mean, me just say because I mean uh, we're all I mean uh, and I'm not because people are gonna say oh you're talking shit or you're soft whatever. I'm a fucking hypocrite too. If the, if the shit is on, I'm gonna be looking to watch it too. Like I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to say you know what I mean. Like like some people try to act like they're the you know holier than thou. I'm not one of them. I, I do want to see the fight, but. If if they said let let's wait then wait and I, I, that's not going to bother me either. Yeah, no, I mean I'm the same way. I'm going to watch yeah. it if it's on. I'm not yeah. trying to act like I'm holier than thou. I'm yeah. just saying that if it was my choice, especially with Habib out of the picture, I'm moving on. What what I mean, I I just can't. They shouldn't be that desperate for some pay per view buys. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus the illegal stream market's going to be off the chain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's. Yeah, because I can't. I can't watch it. I can't go to a bar and watch it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. all of a sudden, like, I mean, they're probably not even taking that into perspective. I mean, the the there's going to be no bar sales. There's going to be, you know, you're going to limit it down to the, you know, the 
the minuscule number of people who actually really order through ESPN Plus mm-hmm. these days, you know, just doesn't seem necessary to me. Uh, I, I don't understand why we're not. I, seeing- would, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, sorry to cut you off, but I wouldn't be surprised only because they did it with the Wilder Fury too. ESPN Plus and, and 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 Fox. I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow get some sort of uh, other, you know, the way they the way they did it of, of Wilder Fury. If they partner up for one event to make make folks order it the old fashioned way with the remote uh, type of pay per view, if it, if it even happens, um, well, I guess we're gonna find out soon enough because I mean, like you said, tomorrow's April first, so uh, it's either it's either they're gonna you know tap out or or we're gonna hear something crazy like. Some gangs in New York fighting on, on a boat off just outside of the, off off the coast of uh you know U.S. waters or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll see, but um, you know I I, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, I'd say five or six days here. I think by the end of this weekend, uh, the decision will probably have to be made. I, I can't. You're going to have to start hearing fight cards. Fighters are going to have to unless they just decide that there's going to be no weight cutting. We're just going to kind of have an open free weight we're gonna have some fights and and I, but again i don't know where you're gonna do this at i don't even know why you're gonna go through the trouble with it um people aren't you know people aren't going crazy we're not getting riots because there aren't any sporting events yet no i mean it sucks it, it you realize how much you know sports is a part of your life you know and um even if it would just be a baseball game on in the background right now, it would just be, for me, it's something that's just kind of there and it's always been there. So to not have that is definitely strange. Uh, The gap in MMA doesn't, maybe it's because we both lived through the time where you didn't have MMA every single weekend. It hasn't quite hit me that big of a deal yet. I mean, it's basically what been a a month, three weeks. I mean, we're, we're kind of, we're not, we're not there yet. We just had UFC Brasilia, what, three weeks ago. Yeah. So I'm not exactly going insane over there being, you know, a lack of, of MMA no, right now. That, okay, the Cage Warriors event, and then we had Submission Underground for folks that, that don't mind the grappling aspect. Uh-huh. So there's been things happening. So, so yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's recent memory. This isn't – we're not saying we haven't had an event since last September and we're, you know, maybe, maybe we'll be sitting here in August going – I don't care if they fight in the middle of a prison yard. We're going <laughs> to, you know, we need to see some fights, but as I stand right now, I just don't see jumping the gun. Um, if, if they put on an event and somebody gets infected or something like that, I don't think it's something that, that the UFC just, I don't think they can live it down. I, I don't, it, it would be, it would not be a good look um, for that to happen right now. So who knows, but uh, I know next week we have uh, a, a, guest scheduled i'm not going to drop who that's going to be but um we should have some really cool talk next week some really cool stories about some old school mma stuff and uh some uh current uh jujitsu world stuff and and uh solo training and and uh stuff that that ed's been talking about um i believe you're going to tack on your interview with uh, arlene blenkow to the end of this show ed oh yeah i spoke to her for uh my mma news i i I can, yeah, I can add that to this. Uh, we just talked about some uh, her spot as far as the featherweight division in Bellator MMA goes. So that would be, uh, if you folks want to listen to that, that'll be on the the end of the audio version of this podcast. So with that said, fans can follow us at Combat Hour on Twitter, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram, myself at MMA Hawk Twenty One on Twitter and Instagram. 
follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, how's your uh, How's your beer count going, Ed? Is Is it holding steady? It's good. I only had a couple of them. I don't really drink by myself, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your So your levels on your uh, on your app are, are a little stagnant. Yeah, I had a couple on Saturday, uh, just because, and then uh, before that with you when we did the. But I don't. Uh, I like to go out to bars to drink, and unfortunately, that's not a thing we can do right now. So. Unless I get a phone call or something or, or a reason. I've, what did I drink on? Uh, I had two beers because uh, I think I was bored and I had two beers. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, you know, so, yeah. All right. Beers. Well, yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. It'll, yeah. uh, it'll make those $15 beers taste that much sweeter when you uh, when you get back to the oh, bars. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, Ed, look forward to uh, getting our guests wrangled up and talking to you again next week. See you then. All right, so I'm uh, catching up with Eileen Blanco, who is uh, making her way back to Australia in the midst of uh, everything going on. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, how are you doing? I know, I know, I, I seem to always catch you in the middle of travel. Yeah, yeah. Today, um, I'm actually on the yeah way back home to Australia um, mm-hmm. from Albuquerque, and um, yeah, today was a very um, all over the place type of day with um, cancelled flights and changed bookings and yeah so I went from um, Albuquerque to LA LA to San Francisco and now I'm just waiting for my flight home from San Francisco to Sydney so but yeah there was a, a whole lot of um, yeah stuffing around with each one of those flights <laughs> so, so were you uh, I, I know you were putting stuff up on social you were training out in New Mexico with Holly Holm yeah. and yeah. How, how'd that go it was awesome. Um, I was there a few years ago. Um, actually, it was probably about, yeah, four years ago now. So it's taken me a few years to, like, get back over there. But, um, yeah, no, it was awesome. Um, I've got a yeah, good relationship with um, Mike and um, and Holly and I, yeah, yeah, had some awesome, awesome sessions together. Now, was this just, like, a, a sharpening of the blades or was, was something uh, going to come up before everything uh, got put on hold? That's- um. Yeah, well, the I am the number one contender with Bellator at the moment, so mm-hmm. the fight with um, Chris Cyborg is inevitable. So, um, yeah, I was just a matter of me heading over to Jackson's and because um, Coach Winks actually cornered my last two fights. Um, so, yeah, he's been wanting me to get over there and do some training with him. And obviously, um, you know, I'm, I'm in Holly's weight division as well, um, you know, sort of sitting between featherweight, um, bed and weight and featherweight, so an awesome training partner for her. Um yeah, so everything sort of just worked out well for me to um, head over there and just get some training in and, um, yeah, all of it just set up what's what's going to be in store for my next fight camp um, when I do get matched for my next fight. And, um, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> one, one of the things I was going to ask you, actually, was if, if you watched Cyborg's debut, obviously she, she won when she faced uh, uh, someone that you fought before. Um, yeah. So I, I would imagine you were watching closely. What was your take on the fight? <laughs> I feel like every featherweight, um, well, I think more so, not just every featherweight, but yeah, everyone should have been watching that fight. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was watching it very closely. Um, yeah, no, great fight. I um, props to both um, both ladies. I thought Julia. I mean, obviously, I fought her twice. I know that she's a super strong opponent, and I did have interviews, um, you know, um, with people that were asking me which way I think the fight would go. Um, I know Julia is very strong wrestling, but obviously, Cyborg's got amazing striking, and yeah. Um, yeah, you know, she took her into the, what was it, third round, and um, yeah, it was it was an awesome fight. 
um, between the two of them. So, um, yeah, obviously now that just puts me sort of in the number one contender and I'm hoping I get that shot. Obviously, it's been mentioned um, by Mr. Coker and, um, yeah, like I think I've earned my stripes and that, but we'll just wait and see. Obviously, I think there's a lot more serious things happening on in the, in the world at the moment. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll fix all of that first and then worry about the fights later. Yeah, I mean, I, I really do hope that uh, with the pause on sports right now, it doesn't affect uh, your positioning or anything. I mean, I mean, there's so much going on uh, right now. You're in the airport trying to get home and stuff, <laughs> you know, so uh, I just hope that uh, there, there isn't once we get going again, there's nothing that keeps you from uh, losing your number one spot. But uh, he, he keeps talking about doing a, 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 grand, a women's Grand Prix and he, he doesn't really say what weight class. I mean, uh, would you be opposed to being involved in, if they if they did your weight class? Because it's just it seems like there's a lot of other newer faces in your weight class coming into the promotion too. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm a big believer, and I've said this in interviews before, in everything happening for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I truly believe that I've earned my stripes for a title shot next. Um, you know, with three wins in a row. But mm. if that's if that's what the promotion does, that's what the promotion does. Um, you know, I won't kick and scream and, and carry on in that. Um, I do think, though, that there's probably more room for a 125 um, Grand Prix um, to happen yeah. before the featherweight. Um, yeah, you know, there's obviously a lot more girls um, sort of signed to that division. Um, but, yeah, we'll just, I guess we'll wait and see. I mean, there's also the, the option of even possibly starting a bantamweight division within featherweight. I know there's talks, um, you know, Lima did say that um, she'd be interested in coming up to bantamweight and, um, yeah, obviously I want this this Welsh um, title as, at featherweight, but I wouldn't be opposed to dropping down to bantamweight as two and maybe being a, um, a champ champ. So yeah, there's, <laughs> there's um, yeah a lot a lot of different opportunities, um, a few different um, ideas that I've got um, that I'll sort of want to like put forward to the promotion. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess for me at the moment, my eyes are on the fight with Cyborg. Yeah. Um, you know, and that title shot. So it's sort of, you know, one, one step at a time. Yeah. I mean, I know we talked about, uh, your, your, uh, boxing in the past and, and do you think you have better, uh, uh, like, is, do you think you you have a better chance, uh, as far as like the way you compare with your striking against her? Do you, do you think you're better than her in that area as, as it comes to MMA? Um, yeah, well, if, if you're sort of breaking down, um, MMA into, different categories i think that my striking would be um a bit more technical but by all means she's improved i mean i feel like her striking she's always been a dominant striker but i feel like technically she's improved as a striker um and combine that with obviously her aggression she's very very dangerous mm-hmm. um like i had a little giggle the other day i put a post up about um you know, you know wanting the cyborg i can't remember what it was but it was something to do with the cyborg fight and a, um a fan commented saying you know um it's a dangerous fight for you striking wise and i sort of like commented back saying oh i'll be you know going for the takedown and looking to submit her for sure and then the person sort of agreed i sort of just had a laugh because yeah i mean if it comes down to me i think she's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu whereas mm-hmm. yeah you know, that area you know she would definitely be more skilled than me but yeah um yeah as it comes down to i think obviously i'll be like betting on my striking to beat her rather than a, a submission win but you never know i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um, you were uh, uh, leaving New Mexico. You obviously were training with someone that faced her before with Holly Holm. Yeah. Um, was there any uh, uh, info, information or any tips that she had for you uh, looking ahead at a fight like that? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because obviously, um, you know, 
Jackson wings are awesome at breaking down fights. And, um, you know, Holly was the first fighter to take her into the five rounds. And, you know, she had a really good fight with her. Um, she tested Cyborg at times and there was moments mm-hmm. in the fights. Yeah, so there were things that she, um, you know, sort of just mentioned about the fight. But just even for me, having someone of um, Holly's caliber to sort of train with, because um, she's an extremely strong um Strong at wrestling, and then obviously the striking is um, very good too. So she was um, yeah awesome to train with, and just um, yeah, just for my own, not so much for her giving me tips on sort of the cyborg fight, but just having like her as a training partner, and obviously also Coach Wink's um, expertise and knowledge with everything. So just the way they break down fights and little things that I've taken, like I'll be able to take home now and work with my coaches at home mm-hmm. um, before I head back over there. Uh, talking about going home with everything going on, I mean, there, there's no, uh, you know, obviously no one knows how long we have to be on pause as far as uh, sports coming back as a whole. Um, so what do you do uh, with everything going on? And, and I don't know how Australia is handling it. You know, they have us locked in our homes here in, in uh, yeah. on the East Coast. Um, what do you, how do you propose to, to handle that as far as, you know, uh, having limited training options and, and staying home yeah. if you have to. Well, um, I automatically, once I get go home, I have to go into a 14-day quarantine. Um, mm-hmm. And my partner's got a, a job where he can't actually be exposed to me because um, – so he's actually got to go and stay at his mum's house um, for mm-hmm. the two weeks. So, yeah, I'll be at home by myself. But I'm lucky I've got a gym at home and, um, you know, I'm, I'm always, I know how to stay motivated and I'm actually going to spend the next sort of 14 days sharing a lot of my stories and doing a lot of home workouts and um, – sharing the Mano Bellator sent me a message to try and, um, you know, upload some videos and that as well, just to, you know, get, keep people, because obviously it's not even just me. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, there's people all over the world that are locked in their houses at the moment. So just trying to keep people motivated and staying active rather than just sitting on the lounge and, and binge eating and uh, watching mm-hmm. Netflix. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, like you said, I mean, everybody's quick to uh, do a uh, figure out solo training, solo drills and stuff like yeah. that. I would imagine you can still go running and stuff on your own, can't you? Or, or... Um, at the moment, no, because I think I'm pretty sure I have to be in the house. Like once mm. after the two weeks, but yeah, I'm like I'm going to make sure that I sort of abide by the rules and that because, um, you know, coming back into the country, I'd I'd hate to think that I sort of you know was to bring something back and um, possibly yeah. endanger other people. So yeah, two weeks, and this is a, you know another thing that I put on my social media, like in perspective to people in the past and things that that you know. It's two weeks in your own house. Um, yeah. Over your head. Like, I, I won't have my family with me, but I mean, God, it's two weeks in my own house. I have a gym in the garage. Um, I've even thought, you know what, I was, I'll set a 20-minute timer and do laps around my um, my yard. And, yeah, it is, I've got a skipping rope. There's heaps of stuff. I've got, um, you know, equipment that I can keep busy. And it's two weeks out of my life, um, you know, to make sure that, you know, the world can survive and get get past this. It's It's not that hard. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's definitely a rough time, but uh, I mean, uh, like you said, uh, the being home shouldn't be uh, look, looked at, uh, upon as uh, something negative, especially for you're trying to rush to get back home with all this happening. I mean, it's yeah. the best place to be right now. Uh, so I hope uh, I hope you don't have much trouble getting back there. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, at this stage, yeah, I'm, I'm not like, at the, yeah, at this stage the flights going ahead. So, like I said, I, um, I had cancelled flights, domestic flights here in Australia, trying to get to here to San Francisco. So I had to fly from Albuquerque to LA, and then yeah, it was just a lot of confusion um, throughout today. So um, for me, I just want to get home. <laughs> the, the uncertainty of not knowing how long this will go for. Otherwise, um, like I probably could have just stayed here and kept training, but then 
if this drags on for a few months, then yeah, it's a it's a hard call. So I thought I'll just go home, and that way I'm um, once I'm out of the quarantine for two weeks, I'm back mm. with my family, and then we can all work out what's happening from there. Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, you don't want to get stuck anywhere either. I mean, obviously, the, it's 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 good to be in, in at a training camp, but obviously, I mean, with, with the state we're in, it's probably best to be home. So I'm I'm glad yeah. you're uh, getting there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was get, I was definitely looked after at Jackson's. Um, you know, Mike was really good, and he um made sure that I was looked after and had everything that I needed. So um, it definitely made being so far away from home and sort of semi in isolation there yeah. a lot better. And obviously, um, you know, I was doing outdoor sessions with Holly and um, yeah, I was still getting some training in and, and the trip wasn't a, a waste at all. Um, still have learned what I needed to sort of learn to take home for this stage of the camp. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it wasn't a complete well, loss. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, well, I mean, so the Bellator only had to cancel that one event that I was, I was actually supposed to cover 241 yeah. and then there's, there's nothing going on until May 9th. So uh, hopefully, I mean, God willing, uh, the, with the time passing, uh, they can they can still stick to their schedule and and fit you in there somehow. Yeah. Um, I don't know when if if you had your wish, uh, when would you like to when would you like to get back to that, uh, fighting? Um, well, I, I wasn't ready for sort of anything um, sooner than sort of June July anyway, because mm-hmm. um, obviously I know that this cyborg fight will have been and will be the biggest fight of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I'm sort of knocking off a few of my career goals in one fight, um, you know, I've been chasing that Bellator world title since dropping it back in 2017 yeah. against Julia. So there's one goal. I mean, Chris Cyborg's always been the fight that I've wanted. Um, I, and the fact that sort of she, uh, I didn't even have to sort of cross promotions to, to make that fight happen. I got to stay loyal to Bellator and stay on my path and, and then her, her path's going to cross mine. So that was a big win for me. And, um, yeah, obviously the cyborg fight for me to fight her is going to be huge within Australia. Every, you know, everyone's going to be behind me. It's going to be a, um, a fight that'll bring sort of build my name and um, obviously my legacy um, for when I finish fighting. But yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, career sort of goals um, that are yeah, all going to be wrapped up in this one fight. So I want to make sure that I go in there and give it absolutely everything. And I think it's a fight camp that um, you know. Definitely takes a lot more than six to eight weeks. Not so mm-hmm. much for the fitness side of things, but just working on, you know, the small technical things. But even just working on the mental things and just yeah, yeah but making sure that I'm 100 percent ready. So, are you? Uh, are you? Are you someone that watches? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> but are you someone that watches? Like, do you watch a lot of tape on your opponents, or do you let your coaches handle that? Like, uh, how do you study up for someone like her? I let my coaches, like obviously leading up, um, say for, for example, um, the Leslie fight, we knew that she was going to be an opponent that I would have. Like as soon as she got signed, I, like I knew that that would happen. So I did watch um, videos of her, but once that fight um, ended up getting matched, I don't watch fight, um, I don't watch tape during fight camp. I leave that up to my coaches. Then they break it down. And um, in the past, like obviously when I first started fighting, I used to watch videos and sometimes you sort of psych yourself out a little bit and this and that. Like you always think your opponent's a little bit bigger than they are because it's just, you know, watching it over. Um, generally, fight week, I'll, um, when I'm sort of laying in the, like in the hotel room, whatever, I'll, I'll watch um, video footage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I did watch, um, oh, it was like a couple of weeks ago now, um, Holly's before I flew over um, and Shane, I watched like the Holly and Cyborg fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it's not something that I sit there and research. I mean, I've, um, 
I think, like, I've, I've watched a lot of Cyborg over the years um, from the fights. I think um, the first time I watched her fight was a week. I think her fight um, was the first fight back after her suspension on mm-hmm. Invicta. Yeah, I was a week out of my first um, MMA fight, so I hadn't had a fight yet. Oh, and wow. I just remember, yeah, I just remember seeing her um, fight in, on Invicta, and, um, yeah, she's like, wow, this chick's, like, yeah, pretty pretty wild. <laughs> she actually went in there and obviously made a statement because I think – was it a night? Was it a nine-month suspension or something? I can't. I, I don't know the details, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look it up too. But yeah, no, yeah. that's. So she everyone. went in there and was pretty dominant, and um, yeah, I was like, oh, this chick's pretty cool. And then when I saw that she was in my weight division, she's obviously always been that girl that's been at the top. And um, yeah, you know, I've been inside the top ten, like ranked inside the top ten, top five, and we even made it up to um, number three at one stage. I've dropped down now, obviously, but um. With the more more the UFC girls get signed, um, my ranking goes down <laughs> even Bellator. But you know, Cyborg's always been at the top of the list, so um, you know, I've always wanted to fight her. So the opportunity's here now. Well, I mean, it, it's it's something, uh, and it, uh, maybe it, it'll stick with you. When I spoke with Douglas Lima uh, that week in New York before everything went went south with the with the pandemic, um, and he said something that that you you probably agree with. Uh, he said the uh, the wins matter more than than anything else, and and you've been winning, so I I would think that 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 keeps you in your number one contender spot. So hopefully with everything uh, going on, it it ends uh, sooner rather than later, and and you get your uh, we hear an announcement soon enough. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm excited for that. I know, yeah, I know it'll happen, but at the moment, yeah, there's I guess there's, there are bigger things in the world to worry about. So. <laughs> Um, I'll just keep sitting tight, and then um, yeah, it'll happen. I'm hoping it's this year, but hopefully this all passes sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. So, Arlene, thank you so much again for giving me some time to talk. I know we kind of did this impromptu in the middle of your traveling, <laughs> so uh, I, I I hope I was able to kill some time for you. Yeah, no. <laughs> and and uh, uh, get home safe. Uh, uh, seriously, be safe and and stay healthy. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Bye. Hey, y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show, and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.